0: Another episode of Mishra's Bubble. My name is Francisco, and with me is the one, the only Spider Space. How are you doing, Gabe? Good. How are you? Good, man. It's been a, it's been a pretty nice last couple of weeks. Been been a, with some family visiting over, so it's been it's been great. Spend some time with my cousins, my my aunts, and it's been fun. Nice. It's been a lot of fun. I don't have people visiting me very often because Argentina is very, very far. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair.
0: Yes, yes. So that's been enjoyable. I also... uh, There are four uh, girls, you know, four cousins, and they wanted to watch this series that's called The Summer I Turned Pretty. I don't know it. Okay, so we binge-watched this entire thing. And, you know, I had an open mind on episode number one it was straight up hate watching every single one after that i i can't remember the last time i watched a series where i hated every single character like i i just hated them all they all sucked all of them the only great character was a a teddy bear that showed up multiple times that's the storyline i wanted to follow they did not go down that route i was very disappointed uh, but right. besides that, it was a really great weekend. <laughs> How <right>. I, do? <laughs> I
1: will I will not watch that one. <laughs> uh, no, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. I actually had a, a friend of mine visiting uh, here as well. Someone who used to live here, doesn't live here anymore. So it was nice to see him. Um, it's funny. I don't know you're, you're talking about. It's like people don't visit you very often. It's like, man, I have family in the same city as me. And I, I still won't drive 20 minutes to see them. So... <laughs>
0: Well, that's because you suck, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know they don't drive twenty minutes either. All right, it's <laughs> okay. it's on both sides.
0: Exactly, you both suck.
1: Then <laughs> all right, all right, Th- I can I can live with that.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's only fair. Uh, yeah, it's been also. Oh, I also played paper magic. Remember how I was excited about playing some double masters in paper? Yeah. So I actually did, and I went to like a draft. I first picked because you you pick uh, two cards from from every pack you okay. the, the very first pick is, is two cards and then every, after that is just like a normal draft but I first picked a force of negation 100 for value obviously the card's not great limited uh, right. and a skin render and then I drafted a pretty decent red black deck it was like a little bit lackluster towards the end but uh, pack three I opened Ren and six. And I slammed okay. it like there was no tomorrow.
1: Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. And then I
0: threw out the draft. So <laughs> it was.
1: All right. Dude, All right.
0: Like, you know, the, the whole have your cake and eat it too? You can definitely do that. You can definitely, definitely do it. Just free money. All right. Yeah, it was it was great. Like, there's just so much value in paper in that set Because I'm used to drafting it in moto and, like, everything just worth nothing. But in paper, oh.
1: You're over here doing a phantom draft online so you don't get anything and do it in paper. You're like, oh, red and six immediately? Yeah. I'm I, not even playing this one. I'm just like, goes, I even, goes in my I, wallet.
0: <laughs> I, I rare drafted because my, my brother plays like this Muldrotha deck uh, in EDH and he, he loves that deck. And I, I I saw like one of the alternate art Muldrotha that got passed me in like pack three or whatever. It was like pick mm-hmm. four or something. I'm just like, oh, slam it. I go check online <laughs> It's $12. Uh, and I, I'm and just like randomly picking this card because, you know, it looks fun. My brother's going to like it. And no, it turns out it's actually like 12 bucks. And I'm just like, sure, man. Just just spilling value all over the place. Like that set is great.
1: To, to 3-0 after that, it's like, man, I, I need to go play at your store. Like, why am I doing RCQs here?
0: <laughs> oh, did you do RCQs this weekend? I, I just
1: did the, the one a while ago. I haven't done another yet. Uh,
0: okay slacking dude you're slacking
1: man i don't know i like i played that and it actually you know it was competitive and i enjoyed myself but it it, it was like it's so much effort like i i don't even always want to play a challenge from the comfort of my home and to like go drive to the store and i'm like i have to talk to people who can actually respond it's not like if you're streaming because you can just <laughs> ignore the chatters if you want right but in person it's like you know they, they actually say things to you and it's ah dude it's exhausting I mean, it's you so like i had a great time but at the same time i left and was like Phew, good thing i don't have to do that every weekend <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i can see it being a little bit more exhausting but at the same time it's just so much more fun dude
1: yeah, so no, much I, more fun. It it is it is a lot of fun. It, you know, uh, doing the whole. I I definitely had the like stare down thing where you're like trying to figure out what your opponent's doing. And we had like a locked eyes like do you have it moment, and it was like that. That's great. You don't get to do that on moto. On moto, I'm like, eh, hey, make them have it every time. And I still did that in in paper, but <laughs> but there was tension leading up to it.
0: <laughs> exactly, it was like a little bit more more exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. just just
0: shuffling cards in paper man it's it's great you know Caleb V whenever he streams he's always like shuffling random cards that he has I should start doing that as well because that's that's part of the experience
1: I'm I'm always impressed when I see someone who streams a deck and then they just have the same deck they just have the same paper deck and they're just shuffling the same thing so you're just like (laughs) you're just playing the deck twice it's like okay I'm gonna like you know, mulligan with my rhino's hand. Oh, look, I found two Cascaders. And you, like, pick up the, the cards from your deck and you're like, oh, I found two Cascaders. Oh, wait, <laughs> it's, it's just the same every every hand, you know?
0: Yeah, just, like, just gold fishing and <laughs> playing, playing mode at the same time. It's just, like, you, you got a nice little two-for-one there.
1: Yeah, free. it's free value. Exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, sweet. So, we get showcases this coming weekend, then. Are you going to be playing there?
1: I, I actually... Think I am. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think I like. I'm missing five QPs right now, and for whatever reason, I I actually so I, I've played two prelims this week because so I was like, "Ooh, like maybe I'll you know get those missing QPs." And I I just been spewing value everywhere. Like I uh, I like two would the first one, and I one three dropped the next one because I'm just insisting. On, really what it is is I, I have to remind myself that reanimator is bad regularly <laughs> so I will do that and'm I, I have to do it in a more expensive way than a league so
0: <laughs> it's not enough to throw into the garbage five bucks we gotta throw the full 30 it's like six leagues in in, in like one sitting
1: <laughs> exactly exactly like because if I do a league and then I just like have people who don't do what they should do like i I remember I, I streamed so i was working on this like Ledger Shredder version of Reanimators calling it Shredderator. And shredder. I distinctly remember <laughs> I
0: A plus name, by the way. Th- thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I, I, I put in an Archon, and then I drew uh Thought Seize, and I Thought Seize my opponent, and in their hand was an unlicensed Hearse. And they in like instead of playing unlicensed Hearse or holding up the counterspell that was also in their hand, they just played their own Shredder. And I'm like what is going on? Like, I just, like, so you play these leagues, and you get, like, you know what? Not everyone in the league is bad or any, anything like that. But I, I feel like when I play a league and I do well in the leagues, I'm so just, I, I want to drink my own Kool-Aid, all right? Exactly. Like, it's like, ooh, this deck is sweet. Ooh, look, I went 4-1. It must be good. It must not be anything else that, that could possibly contribute to my having a good record. And then you know, and then I put it in a prelim and I play against all the other cutthroat grinders and I do terribly and it's like, oh thank you, thank you. <laughs> you, you. You took the copium out of my hands, and now I can I can put Archon back on the shelf and just look over at it longingly from time to time.
0: Uh yeah. Boy do I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're hopefully playing there in the event then. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna see if I can make the time for it, um, I, nice. may, maybe I, I, I may be able to. The, the problem is like the modern one is like ten rounds, so it's basically the entire day. Unless you go to drop. Unless you go to drop, so that that may be my strat for this weekend. <laughs> but uh, no, but for real though. So we're gonna be talking about uh, you know. Stuff that we've been trying this past week, like we both of us actually were brewing based on stuff that we talked about on the cast, which was nice. It was, that doesn't happen particularly often, so now it did, so we have to talk about it.
1: <laughs> Almost ever? Like, I, I think the last time it happened, it's actually funny, because I think both times it has been with, like teamer based shells yes the last time i remember it was like the urza renin 6 Asmo. Uh, saga deck yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it was team Asmo. I i remember yeah you're right that was the last time it was a long time ago <laughs> it was a really long time ago so because of that we're going to be talking about that for a second and then we're going to be going over the challenge results which actually are pretty interesting uh, we these de- we did see um one of the tier 1.5 decks doing really really well this this past yeah. weekend yeah. Uh, and then we can talk about you know what we think that the, the, the showcase metagame is going to be looking like uh, what we are going to be working on, what, what we're thinking about playing and we'll take it from there so hopefully it should be a pretty interesting episode for, for all of you folks out there so let's get creative about this, okay <laughs> this past week we've been uh, looking at alternate alternative, alternate creativity shelves, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we talked about doing a straight-up red-green uh, creativity deck, and that's what I went for. And it was actually surprisingly good and surprisingly bad at the same time in a couple of <laughs> different ways. So, uh, surprisingly good... In terms of uh, the consistency, like I was doing the thing every single time. I was doing the thing every single time. I was also ramping. In ramping towards six is so so much easier than ramping towards eight, yep. right? So that's the reason why we're going for Primeval Titan in this deck list as opposed to to going for Archon. Not that Archon is not something worth uh, you know. Talking about or worth uh, testing or, or trying out, but the the core idea was with Primeval Titan because of this specifically, because of the fact that we can actually go ahead and just cast a Primeval Titan. Something that I feel like I did more often than I creativity, to be honest. Like something that, 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 that I won the game more times by just randomly casting a Primeval Titan. Than than by creativity for it, so hmm. that that was uh, definitely interesting and it made me happy about you know the, the the core concept at least okay sure so here's where I started off with you know four run six four Primeval evil titan four explore four creativity to transmogrify and then we're playing uh, four fable of the, of the mirror breaker and then four careful cultivations this is a car from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty it's Basically, it's an enchantment aura, but that's not really what we care about. <laughs> We're basically never, ever casting the enchantment. We're always using the channel ability for one and a green, uh, and we discard it to create a 1-1 one, one green human monk token that taps for a green. So you, you effectively create a token that's a land where yep. else. What this does is it gives you a target for your creativity, and it also gives you the mana so that you can creativity on turn three. And I did this multiple times uh, throughout the league, both by using careful cultivation or by using explore ramping, getting that extra land drop into play and then uh, going, you know, just play fetch land and like get a Dwarven mine and then, you know, target that with creativity instead. So all of that came up. Um, then we have a couple of flex slots. We have some removal, four Lightning Bolts and uh, two Flame Slash. That's how I, I rounded out the deck. And then 27 lands and one Valakut Awakening. Um, one thing that's really surprised me is, number one, I was playing two Valakuts in this decklist, and it felt like I wanted three. Like, I always felt like I wanted three. However, the mana in the deck sucks. <laughs> Even <laughs> even as a three-color deck, as a two-color deck, sorry, it still felt like I had infinite ETV-tapped lands, which makes sense because, you know, you play your four Stomping Grounds, and then after that, you don't really have any good options. Like, you have stuff like Cinderglade, or you have something like Sheltered Thicket. So, you can either just play basic mountains, which definitely is an option. I'm not saying that's, that's, that's a bad way to go or anything. But it's, you know, you kind of want to make sure that you have access to double green so that you can eventually, as I was saying, hard cast your primeval titan. Like, that's that's actually part of your game plan. So, because of that, I was running 27 lands in this deck list uh, with the Valakut Awakening, and I just, I think straight up that you want three Valakuts and just cut the Valakut Awakening. And even with 28 lands, the mana sucks because Dwarven Mines just suck, and you kind of just have to play four. And it was really eye-opening in a way, because if this Mana sucks, how do four color five color creativity gamers even like get off the ground? <laughs> like it, it blew my mind like it, it really did like so many hands that I'm like, well, this could work, but it may not because my mana is you know terrible, so I can't actually cast my spells on curves. So, that felt like a pretty, pretty big problem, like a pretty big issue for the deck. Um, so yeah, definitely felt like, it, like I did go four on one. Like I did beat some real decks along the way. Like I, of, of course, I destroyed four color. Like absolutely dismantle it. Did not have a shot at any point. It was, <laughs> it was on. It was almost embarrassing in a way. Like how much I de- I destroy the four color player, um, and this is why you would play a deck like this. By the way, yep. right? Like this is this is just what it is. The the big big reason. Um, I struggled against living end because you just cannot play any good cyborg hate card. I yep. was playing four leyline of the voids in my sideboard, and I think leyline sucks.
1: It's terrible, but it's your best option.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You just have, you have literally no other options because you cannot play Endurance, you cannot play Relic, tormod script, Unlicensed hers. like all of those cards that you would really, really want to play against Limited, even Chalice. Uh, even Chalice is just, you, you just cannot do it. You cannot do yeah. it. So that felt like a little bit problematic, uh, particularly considering, you know, how prominent Limited is right now. Yeah. I did get paired against a uh, hammer, which felt like a pretty good matchup overall. Uh, we have you know good interaction. You, you get to play force of vigor, you get to play bossages and stuff like that, and then I get to play against blue red Merktide, which also felt like a pretty reasonable matchup actually, which I was surprised. Like I was expecting to get absolutely rolled by Merktide, but turns out that you know if you have your flame lash, flame slash and bolts and interact with their early threats, and then you have veil of summer to protect your combo. It can be kind of hard for them to beat you, so I was uh, pretty. I, I feel like I confidently beat Merc Tide and it wasn't that close. Like I, I actually felt pretty reasonably advantaged in in the match that I played. Obviously, I played only a single match, but it still felt pretty good in in, in that sense.
1: Mm.
0: Um, so that was uh, the encouraging part. Of of the like the part that I actually played against tier decks, and the deck still held its own. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was very encouraging. It inspires me to do to do some more testing, try try more things, and like again that that whole thing of just like playing a set of matches, it really sheds a lot of light into into you know the deck's pros and cons, like what what it, it can do for you, like what what its okay. weaknesses are, and you can find out stuff like what I did, which I thought was very cool.
1: Absolutely. I have some thoughts on this. Um, I don't necessarily agree on all the points, I guess. So first of all, I should say I built the deck a little bit different than Fran did. I put in some blue mana. So I built it three colors. Um, Basically, instead of playing careful cultivation, I get to play eight explorers because I get to play growth spiral, which I think is, is pretty nice. Uh, You also get the hard evidence for turn one. So make your crab tokens. That's pretty decent. And then instead of fable, the mirror breaker, which I just still, I just can't. I don't know. I can't get over that card. Like I, I, I just, every time I see someone playing it, I'm like, okay, explain it to me. Like I'm five while you're doing this again. Um, I don't know that that card just seems so unplayable to me, but anyway, I, I decide to play expressive iteration instead, which obviously is a good card. And it's it's a little weird here because your curve is relatively high, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're playing a bunch of explore effects, so you can more reasonably get to a point where you play the iteration and then you get to just get two spells, which is really nice. For the record, yes, I do agree that casting primetime time is probably one of the ba- biggest strengths of this deck. You know, you can hardcast Archon in those other builds, but it's harder to do. Even if you are playing for Explorer, it's still harder to do. Uh, the other big thing here is simply the card Valakut, right? Valakut is just an axis that the mid-range grindy decks of the format, like specifically Four Color, just has a very hard time interacting with. It's pretty funny, actually. I, uh, I, I played against Four Color with my list as well, and also beat them very handily. And it was amusing to me because my opponent decided to interact with my Valakut by beseju it, but I'm also playing Renin Six. So it was like, Beseju your <laughs> Valakut, get back my Valakut, play my Valakut. Like it, 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 um, I didn't necessarily feel like I had a need for three of them. Um, that is something interesting. I'm not sure that would be something you would want to test more. I do think it is either two or three, obviously one isn't enough. And I think four is too many, and another valid point here, whether you're on two-color or three-color or whatever, your version, obviously, you know your mana should be better than mine because it's just two-colors and not three-colors. But this deck still just plays the same amount of tap lands as the other lists, right? Exactly. Like instead of playing Triomes in your two-color list, you have Valakut. So Valakut, instead of the Triome, is still just a tap land.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the, the thing is that as I was saying, like, you just run out of good options, even if, you, even if you're playing for two colors, because all of the fetchable mountains that you can find that tap for red and green all enter tapped, uh, yeah. you know, Shelter Thicket or like even something like Cinderglade. Cinderglade is going to enter tapped most of the time in this decklist because I was playing three basics total. I was playing right. one forest and two mountains.
1: Right. You're just not playing mountains because you, you need your mana to do things beyond red mana. So it. It's it's tricky. These X mana bases is, is really tricky. And it's a weird spot because Dwarven Mine is simultaneously really good where you know like you get to this mid-game point, your opponent like dashes a ragavan and you're like, I'll fetch. And you just get to kill the ragavan. Like that's such a sick part of the deck. You know, you get to like push maybe one or two damage, which then you know gets your opponent to 18, so you've got that perfect life total for your Valakuts. Um, it does all these great things. But then you play the early game and you're like, oh, man, I drew one or two dwarven mines. And it's like, well, shit, like now I, I like what am I going to do? Am I going to just like skip turn one? Am I going to, you know, try to sandbag this till four and hope I draw other lands? And yes, we're playing a ton of lands, so you can do that. But yeah, it's definitely there is a drawback. It, it, it kind of reminds me of Mystic Sanctuary, right? Like we had the yeah. same thing with those decks back in the day where the, the effect, I mean, Mystic Sanctuary's effect is more powerful Almost always, I think. I mean, you know, there's some argument there, but it's it's very powerful. And Dwarven Mine is, you know, just always getting a 1-1. You can't, like, cryptic-lock somebody, right? But there is some some awkwardness to it. Um, so, I don't know. I liked the teamer build. I got to play Sideborn Mystical Dispute and uh, Flusterstorm, which I think helps a lot with the meta in general. Like, I'm just playing a full four Flusterstorm here. So that, that's basically your way of saying, all right, like, bring it on Living End. And, and to be honest you're probably still unfavored, which is yeah. saying something. I mean, even the other build, like my Archon build right now, which has four main deck to ferry, I'm also playing four sideboard Fluster Storms, and I still feel unfavored for versus Living End because <laughs> uh, Living End is just, it's just that good. Very, very good deck. So I think that is definitely a hole for the deck. I, I, don't think that this build is necessarily favored versus Merktide. I, I have played a little bit more there. I don't think it is as unfavored as it might initially seem. I think people look at that and they're like, oh man, like you're just gonna get dunked on by Merktide. But, you know, like uh, Everos, your know, previous co-host here, I, I got him to play the deck the other day, and his Merktide opponent blood mooned him, but they tapped out to do it, and then he just untapped and was like, Alright, all creativity for three. Just put three six sixes into play. Good enough. You know, like and, and, and frankly, like it is a lot of the time. And and the funny thing is, is if your opponent has a big Merktide, well, you just target Murktide with the creativity as well. And what are they gonna do? They're gonna hit a ragavan, they're gonna hit a Mishra's bobble, they're gonna hit a 3 3 Murktide. Like it it really does kind of serve double duty there. So it's not it's not as bad as it seems. I do think you're still unfavored.
0: It, it was really funny. In my league, I did get paired against Tron. And my opponent bridged me and I creativity TVT the bridge. And it was just <laughs> it was so, so it was such a satisfaction, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was it was just awesome.
1: It's I mean, that that particular feeling is something that comes up a lot with that card where, you know, like I, I played against a um basically like a prison version of Tron a while ago, and I did the exact same thing. Like my opponent had bridge and torpor orb out, and I just went Creativity, dwarf, dwarf, bridge, torpor orb. Here's two archons. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like a, congratulations. Like here's a map.
0: Like Good I, stuff. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Good stuff. Here's a here's a chromatic star for it. for right. for your troubles.
1: <laughs> so I, I do personally, I think I prefer the teamer build of Titan to, to straight green red. I don't think that adding the extra color makes the mana significantly worse anyway, but. I don't know. I, I think overall, I still prefer the Archon builds of this deck. I think largely if you're specifically trying to target four color, then the Titan build is better. So th- there's definitely like arguments for it given metagames. But I think generally speaking, you're going to be more happy with Archon, you know, like played against Burn and it's like, hey, I put a Titan in play and then they untapped and killed me. But if that was an Archon, you know, that three life, you discarded a card like that. that stuff does matter. Typically, how I see it is the first one, early game, the Archon will be more immediately impactful. Whereas the Titan basically sets you up to say, like, I am now 100% I'm going to win the long game. It doesn't matter if you kill my Titan. It doesn't matter if you discard my hand. It doesn't, like, there's very little that you can do that is simply just not killing me right now that stops it, right?
0: Yeah, and even there's also the, the aspect that it has as well, which is the fact that you can, you have board control. Immediately, right? Yeah. So even even if you can't kill your opponent, you make it very, very hard for your opponent to kill you anyway, because you can start killing their stuff. Like against yeah. the, against this four color player that I'm telling you about, it has got to a point where I'm just like, okay, kill your omnath kill your Yorion, kill your Renin 6. Like, like I can't kill you until I find another another primeval titan so I can finish the job, but in the meantime, you cannot kill me
1: either, you know? Right. Yeah. Every land just is two lightning bolts and that that's i mean that's a huge really awesome aspect of the deck that feels so good of like you in my primeval titan good job sport you know like it doesn't like every card i'm going to draw in the deck except for you know, maybe basic forest is just going to do something
0: i really like that aspect of of the deck like a lot lots of t- stay in power i'm also playing like i think i was playing like 12 actual mountains so you could use them but uh, what happened a couple of times was like you draw one of your valakuts, like you naturally draw it and then all of a sudden your creativity becomes worse so that's why i was saying that i wanted to have access to a third one yeah. because uh you know again like you have 12 mountains but that's still a limited amount right like you yeah. may run out of of mountains. So, Because of that, having the third Valakut makes it so it's three lightning bolts and it scales so much faster. Like, it closes the game so much faster. It also makes uh, drawing Valakut not as punishing. Right. Because uh, sometimes drawing Valakut, uh, particularly, like, if you're playing three colors, you know, you cannot really play it early. Because if you have a growth spiral, like, you just cannot, you cannot go turn one, uh, you know, uh, blue source, turn two, green source. Because you have the growth spiral on turn two, so um because of that the, the drawing the valakut becomes really really awkward from there yeah. so that's that's those are like some of the reasons why i wanted to play more more valakuts uh, one sure. thing also that i wanted to point out is we get to in the two color version i think that we get to play one basic forest and then what i was doing is i was playing one Bossage main deck and then three more in the sideboard yeah so this was a very conscious decision, obviously. And when I was bringing the Boseju, I was not cutting lands from my deck. Um or, or if I was cutting lands, I was cutting the singleton forest. Yeah, uh, so you know, Boseju kind of replaces itself if I'm not playing against the deck like with Blood Moon. But if I am playing against a deck with, with Blood Moon, gives me access to, you know, like a, a repeatable way of answering basically all of my opponent's blood moons, which which is nice. Boseju also represents an infinite uh, way to kill opposing sagas, the infinite way of killing, opposing, you know, like, random uh, artifacts, or or, or even, as I was telling you, I would pray against Tron, uh, which historically is a decent matchup for for Titan decks uh, overall, like, including Scape Shift and stuff like that. Uh, But, yeah, like, the fact... This sideboard plan actually came into play multiple times throughout throughout the league, and I don't know if you can really do that if you're playing the the third color. So that I did think there was a an interesting aspect of the the the, the two color life, you know.
1: <laughs> I was actually doing the the same thing with with the sages. I didn't have one in the main deck, but I did have three in the sideboard. Mm. So it's it's a similar thing, maybe slightly less so.
0: Can you run the basic forest though? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you don't, I mean, you don't run, yeah, I was also running basic forest, not running an island or anything like that, but basically your only non-mountains in either deck is Valakut, Valakut, forest, and then I actually had a Otawara main deck, I think I started out with Viseju main and then put Otawara main instead, thinking that that did more in game ones than a Viseju might, you know, especially since I already have the blue mana, but you know, Mm. it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that
1: that th- those kind of slots are it's kind of rough because it's like you definitely have to do the force and you have to do the valakuts but the moment you start adding anything that isn't those it's like all right well this is terrible like this doesn't trigger valakut this doesn't make a dwarven mine this doesn't mm-hmm. you know it's it just like and that's kind of the idea here of like that's what's supposed to be the strength and you know explorers do kind of mitigate it where you're like all right like you know end of your turn explore, put in the tapped valakut but you still can't then untap and make a dwarf token so it you know it only helps so much
0: yeah exactly like drawing Valakur is is uh, it's on multiple axes is is very bad for us <laughs> <laughs> uh, for multiple reasons but uh, but yeah i was actually uh, excited about the deck you know like sometimes i will i will put together a brew and i will try through a league or something i'd be like well Nobody's giving me back those two hours of my life kind of deal. But I, I did finish this league and I was like, okay, okay. Maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something here.
1: I agree. I think the deck isn't, you know, it's not like, oh my God, we cracked the format. Here's, you know, best deck. But I do think it is reasonable. I I don't think you're going to pick this deck up and go, man, like what garbage did did Mistress Babble sell me on?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like trying to play fairies in 2022. Like I talked about last week, <laughs> reanimator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, so with that out of the way, let's talk about some uh, results from this past weekend, and something kind of fantastic happened, uh, which is we have blue red Murktide as the I would say de facto best deck, or is, is that something that I that I that I get to say here? At least, like, what people perceive is the best deck. Yes. Right? So, what we had going on this weekend was a good old metagame uh, switch position, like, however you want to call it, and Mm -hmm. Hammer destroyed this weekend. Yep. We have many, many uh, Hammer uh, players in the top eight, top 16 of both challenges, and I have to imagine that it is in no small uh, in no small part because of the popularity of uh, the Merc-type deck. So, yep, that uh, that is a little bit of a an exciting uh, thing, you know, when when you you have like a top deck, and then well, here's this you know tier one point five tier two deck that actually has a good matchup there, and boom, it has a great weekend.
1: Right it's it's kind of funny to me because you know you play hammer and you're like man i don't want to play against four color i don't want to play against living end but you would love to play against Murktide and when Murktide is as overrepresented as it is it's like all right you know cracks knuckles like let's, let's put some hammers on some stuff and, and murder those Murktide players players like that that's great that's great I, I i actually really like the hammer deck and it's, it's something i'm always thinking about i'm like man is there some way to make hammer actually beat four color or living it like if you could do one of those things reliably without sabotaging your deck then all of a sudden i think hammer would just be a tier 1 deck again but i don't think you can so we're not
0: <laughs> interesting i would imagine that if you really wanted to you could beat one or the other
1: i think you could but i i think it comes at the cost of losing points generally like making your deck less consistent or like mm. you know if i if i can now beat living end but i lose to merc died then i haven't accomplished anything right
0: yeah exactly i guess like it, it just costs too many slots or yeah. yeah okay
1: that's that's fair
0: all right so let's talk about the start of the challenge first it was won uh, by uh, spicy leche on grix's shadow uh, or uh, grix's ledger shredder gls of course. Uh, yeah, this, this deck, uh, something that I, I've started to notice is that they have been exclamation point Frannin, which I always love to see. So this deck list actually has 20 lands. You yeah. know, original lists have had like 18 lands or even, even less sometimes. But I do feel like you get to play more lands now because of Shredder specifically. Yeah. So... It makes a lot of sense to me that this deck is now playing more lands. You also have like, you have Shred- uh, Shredder and DRC to kind of filter the lands that you don't need in the mid to late game. You have Iteration to kind of like use those lands in a very, very effective way. Um, you know, you have like all of your one mana removal. You have like Dashing Ragaman You have uh, Escape croxa. You have so many ways of using your mana that it always really surprised me when this kind of decks, like everybody's always trying to to cut to down on lands and I feel like people are starting to realize that this Ledger Shredder carve is one of the many reasons why it's great is because it actually allows you to play more lands, meaning that you can cast it on curve more often and you can hit, you know, you can actually trigger more often because you're hitting your land drops and you can, you can keep the gas flowing. So uh, that's that's a, a tendency that I've been following uh, lately, and it, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's actually very reasonable.
1: I agree. I, th- I think this list is also very clean, at least the main deck. I, you know, there, there, you, you can argue over tiny slots here or there. Like I'm not personally a fan of a fiery islet in this deck, um, even if you are on twenty lands, you know, stuff like that. But. Um, I really like that they did the full 18 creature slot, you know, four DRC, four Ragaman, four Shadow, four Shredder, two Kroxa, that so clean, Chef's Kiss. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think Shadow's really good. I was actually talking about this today, about how I've just completely switched. I used to, like, I went from GDS is strictly better than Blue Red Merktide when Lurus was out, and then I... I changed my mind. and was like, "Oh, I would always rather play Blue Red Merktide," and now I've come back around to no, I would rather play Grixis Death Shadow. It's it's funny how that works. I, I do think this deck is, you know, it's worse in the head on head. So, like, it, I think it's unfavored against Merktide, but I think it tends to be better against most of the rest of the meta. So, for instance, like um, Hammer Preys on. Merktide, but I don't think it necessarily preys on Shadow. Or if it if it's favored, it is by a smaller percentage. Um, so that kind of thing, where you know, like you're happier to play against Living End with Death Shadow. You're happier to play against Rhinos. I think you're happier to play against Four Color.
0: And it it makes sense, right? Like Drown the Lock is such a big card versus like like Hammer or like versus like like Living End. You know, like all of these decks where where a card like that really shines. They really, really incentivizes you to to want to be playing playing Shadow instead of instead of died,
1: I think the card that really sells me on playing there there are two reasons why I would want to play black and not just straight blue red. It is it's actually not drown in the lock. I think counter spell and drown in the lock is like a very close argument. I think that's it's difficult. I don't. know. Anyway, um, I don't think Death Shadow is particularly good. I, I think that that card. You know, is a lot worse than it used to be. You know, like Merktide is a very strong card. But the two reasons are number one is Thoughtseize. <laughs> I think Thoughtseize makes things a lot easier where you now can make informed decisions. You also are able to interact for one mana instead of two mana. You don't have to, you know, put cards that are marginally good, like only situationally good, like Spellpierce in your deck if you don't want to. Um, so Thoughtseize does just carry so much Wait, And then in the sideboard, you get access to cards like Turok, right? Where yeah. all of a sudden, I actually do have a Haymaker versus Four Color in, in Turok. And yeah, obviously, they can beat it. Um, I, I also think there's a couple other things of like, this deck is a better Ledger Shredder deck, in my opinion, than Blue, Red, Mark died, because you're just so happy to discard Thought Seizes, right? Like, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want that anymore. Like, now, I've completely mitigated the downside, and also, you get to just be very happy when you're like oh i'm going to discard croxa and all of a sudden it's like oh 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 boy
0: yeah and not not even that it's also like Thoughtseize in drowned lock are two cards that you can play after you let your shredder trigger it uh, whenever you want right right you you play your shredder and immediately trigger it whereas with murktite you play your shredder and then you have to hold a counterspell your opponent's turn so obviously like there's a little bit of a a little bit of dissonance there, you know, like the, the, the counter spell, it does work okay against, uh, you know, with Shredder because, you know, one of the most common ways of playing around counter spell is by double spelling, you know, like you, you, right. you bait the first spell and then you, you try to resolve the second one. So that does trigger your Shredder, but you can actually do this much more proactively yeah. with Death Shadow than with, with Merc
1: I, man, I feel like the Shredder is the card. When I'm looking at, at the metagame where I feel like things that have changed the most, it is just, it's, I know we did a whole episode on Shredder. I know we've done this, mm-hmm. but man, Shredder is just nuts. That, that card is so ridiculous. I, I'm i going to share a, a dumb thing that I got to do. Uh, I was messing around with Grix's Death Shadow and I got paired into Burn. And my opponent had, I was at like five life. I had one mana up. And it was like, all right, hopefully my opponent doesn't have two burn spells and I'll win the game if they don't, right? Kill them with a the big shadow. And my opponent goes, lava spike you. And then they tried to spectacle bolt me, but it triggered my ledger shredder, which drew me into lightning bolt and killed my opponent in response. And it's, it's just like, like, oh, God, like that. It's yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen all the time. But the fact that I just have a built in thing of like, yeah, good luck. Like, here's just a free. Nope got you back it's so insane
0: yeah yeah it really I mean it does so much for so little which really is what what puts it over the top of course Um, again like even even something like being able to play more lands because you can just loot them away later in the game like that's that's kind of such a big deal in my opinion
1: right the I mean the cost of entry with this card is playing cheap spells kind of reminds me of Luris in that sense and you're like well I'm doing that anyway and again, like, you're playing Mistress Bobble, which, like, I, I'm i more and more a believer in this card. Where it's like, hey, I would love to just put... I, I'm putting Mistress Bobble in decks where I wouldn't even think they should be in the deck. And I'm just like, hey, I'm going to build my own opt for zero mana. Because you just Bobble yourself and fetch. Because I'm doing... I want to be playing fetches anyway. So it, it's just... it's the classic Shadow thing of like, oh, you wanted to fetch Shock? You thought that was a downside? you know look yeah. no further
0: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly grixis is uh, still very good grixis is not going anywhere um second place though crusher bot bg and this is the hammer legend <laughs> playing a very specific version of hammer that they consistently play and they consistently do very well with so, uh, the spice that they bring to the table is three main deck Steel Shapers gifts, a card that has really fallen out of favor lately, and people have been playing different things instead. But uh, they have full three copies, then playing uh, sort of a toolbox uh, equipment suite with one Craneo Plating, one Nettle Cyst, two Paradise Mantle over Splendid Drum, right? Yep. One Shadow Spear, and one Sword of Fire and Ice. So that is like a little bit of a of a, of a toolbox package in there. And in the sideboard, uh, we also have one Mortar Pod to add to the toolbox. So really going deep, really going deep with, with that.
1: Mortar Pod's so sick. I, I used to play this card uh, when, when Luris was around. I, I was like trying to find a way to make Steel Shapers' just gift get a threat, you know, like pre-Urza Saga time. Sometimes you need to do that. And there's so many dumb things this card can do in the deck, like... If you have uh, Pure Steel Paladin out, you can just move it around and just kill things. Like every creature's just sack, deal of damage, which is pretty good. You also get to do stuff like um, you can stack your Cigarta's aid triggers so that you get the germ, sack the germ, and then put it on another thing and sack again. I have no idea why Crusherbot's playing Mortar Pod, <laughs> but I love Mortar Pod. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a cool trick, by the way. But. Okay,
0: yeah, so in the sideboard, we have four Dranith Magistrate, three March of Otherworldly Light, two on Thin Ice, one Relic, three Manatide, a Crusher-Bot <laughs> Signature, and Mortarpore that we just talked about and on one Peeling Needle.
1: I actually played against someone on his list after he did well. They did successfully Manatide me. I laughed about it. I beat them anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it, but, you know, Crusher-Bot knows what CrusherBot's doing. I I feel like it's one of those situations of like, this is correct in exactly their hands. But <laughs> who knows? But, uh, but yeah, so this
0: is the the very first um, hammer list that, we, that we're seeing here. And I got like a very, very specific deck list, uh, 22 lands, uh, which uh, I feel like CrusherBot has always been playing more lands than most. I feel like people are constantly going down to 21, 20 yeah but crusher bot i feel like consistently has been on 22
1: lands i like that
0: yeah always always trying to add more like you you just have so much to do with your mana in this in this deck i feel like like it just happens so many times that that i will see you know hammer player misses a land drop and they lose in in consequence and it's just like you could just be playing more (laughs) (laughs) that should that should help alleviate that but anyway so, yeah, that's the first uh, the, the first hammer list that we see. Then we have Alberto SD on some blue-red Murktide. Uh, not so much to say with this one. is This is just, like, what is considered stock nowadays. Like, four Shredders and no DRCs. This is what most people are doing. With a single dress down in the main deck to, you know, free up some Cyber Slots. But uh, this is Murktide. Still very good. Like, still arguably the best deck in the format. I would consider it to be the best deck in the format, to, to be... To be honest, uh, we can talk about that a, a, a minute after we we're, we're done with this. Yep. Uh, fourth place, uh, Waffle on Blue White. Please never change Waffle, and I don't think he ever will. So <laughs> he won't. Yeah. Uh, he will not. Uh, but but yeah, blue just Blue White with four shy typhoon man. Waffle lives on his own world, and his world is great.
1: I love. He is a god in his world. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he really is, dude. Like he really is. But yeah, you know, Waffle has been doing some like Snapcaster things, you know, with ops and stuff. Now he's back on Chalices. Now he's ah. back on Chalices, which makes a lot of sense. We did see a pretty significant uptick in Cascade in the past couple of weeks/slash months at this point, so it doesn't surprise me that Waffle is back on Chalice of the voids. But uh, yeah, just doing Waffle things. Uh, jammies and fire and Isis and uh, yeah just somehow winning with blue white in the year 2022 what a legend nothing but respect for the the one and only all right the old danielakos on fifth place some more murktide old has always been doing their own thing here so playing four copies of murktide uh their lists all are always like a little bit different than you know the stock list or the most lists the crusher but- bot
1: of murktide Exactly, exactly.
0: So, you know, we, we're playing one less lands, we're playing more Archmage's Storm, the, the classic cut of land at a three drop, like, just just <laughs> your your normal normal things. But yeah, the, one of the few people that I uh, consistently see playing uh, actual answers to a card like is bridge in their sideboard. <laughs> so,
1: one of ready yeah, to go. Yeah, one abrade.
0: Braid. But nobody plays a single, like they play like the one of Otawara, and that's it. That's the only way that they can answer in Stambridge. And uh, no, Daniel Lacos always having like a random one of a braid in that sideboard to, to, help, to help versus bridge. Okay, on sixth place, we have Thalai. That is a world champion, Javier Dominguez playing a deck that we actually talked about which i think is awesome which is vivian of the hunt four color vivian of the hunt combo this is basically a version of four color that just slaps the the vivian combo into into the deck yep so it's much more creature based we're playing for a lambry skull and we have like sort of a more creature value driven sort of uh, build. So we have four recent reef, we have four omnath, and then we have uh, one plain bound accomplice, one kiki jiki, and one karmic guide. Those are, of course, the combo pieces. Uh, you know, whenever you have your Vivian in hand, you just go call for plain bound accomplice, put it into play, and then just combo off with four mana. So you can do that very, uh, very easily. And then the rest of the deck is just your average for a color deck. So we have, you know, removal in Ending and bold. We have uh, Ren and Six and Teferi as, uh, as Planeswalkers. Uh, we have stuff like only two Abundant Growths, and, but for Utopius Pro, which is interesting.
1: I actually kind of like that. He's trying to ramp, so he's just, like, making his list. You know, he's acknowledging that he's playing the combo version. Um, he's also doing Risen Reef things. So It's like you get to Reef more quickly. And if you think about it, Utopia Sprawl actually does fix your mana, and maybe not quite as well as Abundant Growth, but it, it does fix it as well.
0: Yeah, obviously, like you're missing some value with Yorion, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you're playing like recent reefs and like stuff like that, so your Yorion is already better, kind of by design. So it doesn't really up, up, upset me too much. Also, you can just blink your Karmic Guide. Whew value but yeah this deck is very very cool this deck is very very cool i'm kind of interested in doing this kind of stuff right now like I, it looks like a lot of fun and it looks like the deck is legit good i've seen also uh mengu talking uh, good took took in w- good words about this deck i hope that this is the new version of the new way of building four color <laughs>
1: i think it's one of many i don't know everyone has an opinion on on four color four color is so funny to me because it's just you have this core of very powerful cards your shell is very powerful and then everyone just decides what they want to do from there whether that's counter spells or ice fang quaddles or ragavan or elementals or vivian combo or all of the above sometimes somehow <laughs> i i don't know you, you can kind of just do what you want and the deck is just so good you're you're going to win anyway exactly
0: uh, seventh place, some Rix's Shadow. Uh, slightly different list, and I like this right here. Two copies of Fatal Push, two copies of Terminate. Hmm. Instead of Lightning Bolts and stuff like that. I really like the two Terminates. I feel like respecting Murktide right now is kind of where it's at. Yeah. So I'm digging it, uh, particularly because obviously Drown is not particularly good against the Delve Seven Drop, right? So terminate having you know a very clean answer to Merktide that trades evenly on mana at instant speed. I'm about this. I like this. I think that maybe uh, more people should be playing more Terminates right now.
1: <laughs> it's, You know, it's interesting. I so when I was playing for uh, playing GDS a little while ago, four Color was a little more prevalent at the moment than whereas Merktide was a little bit less. And at the time, I ended up going for a three-three unholy heat lightning bolt split and i i had tried fatal push and fatal push was just so so awful for me just repeatedly it was like hey if this was lightning bolt i won the game and it's it's fascinating because you have all these spots where you know it's tiny tiny percentages right like there's a lot of ledger shredders in the meta so you want your spell to be able to kill it and lightning bolt can't do that a decent amount of the time so you're like okay fatal push is better there it's better against hammer right but if you do play against four color, then you're like, oh man, this sucks. Like, I, I just want to bolt you out. Um, so it's, you know, you, you can tweak these numbers to try to beat a, one deck a little bit better than another. Um, you know, Terminate, very good at killing exactly Merktide Regent. That is the reason to play it. Um, though, you know, you're going to kill an occasional Omnath or something, but your four Unholy Heat is already kind of doing that.
0: Yeah, and Push also kills Omnath.
1: Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, so I I expect more
0: terminates to start to become the norm. I would imagine that. Like if I were playing Shadow, I would want to have access to terminate in game one. Interesting. That's that's all I can say, I guess. I don't know if more, more people are gonna agree
1: with that. But
0: although I guess it gets to a point where if you're expecting the mirror, you want less terminates and more like stuff like push. Or...
1: Exactly. It it just it's different. I think it's different every weekend. You know, your shadow aficionados are going to tweak all of those tiny numbers every single time they play the deck and they're gonna be like, all right, you know, Fatal pushes the sick tech this weekend and then they're gonna go and they're gonna play the wrong half of the meta because That's how modern works anyway. (laughs) They're really all roughly the same thing, but you know, you gotta try. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta feel like you're, 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 you're working for something. Yeah.
0: I'm very interested with Kaito Shizuki becoming sort of a sideboard staple.
1: I uh, hate this. I I absolutely hate this. Like the card is cool. Kaito is so sick, but uh, I feel like this is one of these things that. I, I Actually, I really love the way Aspiring Spike talks about this, where you're just like, hey, look, generic grind card in the sideboard. What matchup is it for? The grindy ones. Okay, but which one? <laughs> I don't know. The grindy ones.
0: That sounds like exactly what the, the, the mindset that went into figuring out that those slots
1: right there. Oh, it, it 100% is.
0: <laughs> All right. Eighth place, Yawkmoth. Yawg is always good. It's always there. Man, and it's always so underplayed. <laughs> but yeah, like Young feels like a little bit more um what's the word here? Stock-ish, I guess, or so like more solved, I, I I would wanna say. Um so not too much to talk about it, except that the deck is good. Like it's been good for years at this point. <laughs> and people have, have and people still have not picked it up.
1: One of the big ways this deck fought Murktide was Endurance. And I feel like since the move to Ledger Shredder, that plan has gotten a lot worse because you're not like ambushing DRCs. And it so you can't like cover DRC plus Murktide because your opponent's just you know, they're playing Ledger Shredders now. So I, I feel like that angle for Endurance decks in general has hurt them. Do, do, do you have any thoughts on that? Of like, does that just make this deck overall a little bit worse?
0: Uh, well, I mean. From the Yagmoth side of things, I can say that, you know, Grist is really, like, the big one there. Yeah. It's not so much Endurance. Like, Endurance is more of a, oh, sweet, like, this just works out nicely. <laughs> I wouldn't be playing this card anyway, and it just lines up well against, like, DRCs and stuff like that. Uh, but the real price here is Grist anyway, because that's what makes Ragaman obsolete. It makes uh, you know, like uh, it actually kills uh, Merkites straight up. You can tutor for it, for it. Uh, all of those, all of those things are obviously what makes Grist uh, a fantastic card in the matchup. Yeah. So I feel like you're not really missing that much in that sense, but I do think it makes things a little bit more awkward, particularly because Yakmod is very, very much a multiple spell a turn kind of deck. Yeah. So you are basically always going to be triggering Shredder like every single turn. Uh, and if you're not, then things are probably not going well for you. So, uh, yeah, in that sense, it really makes things worse. Um, on the other hand, DRC, like if I were playing Yakmoth, DRC turn one into Hold Up Counter spell feels like a good strategy against me. Hmm. Yeah, we have like a better a better foil for it in the endurance. But at the same time, you know, if if they were trying to race you. I feel like it's a lot easier to race with DRC than to race with uh, with um, the bird. So fascinating. I, I'm not. I'm not like entirely sure how the matchup actually plays out. Uh, but yeah, overall though, and to ask your question in a, in a broader way, as an amulet player, yes, the bird absolutely destroyed my type matchup. I had this fantastic cyber plan where I was bringing in four endurances, and I was just playing the mid range battle. And that's a battle that a deck with four cavernous souls, four endurances, and four primordial titans is gonna be winning most of the time. Yeah. Well, now endurance doesn't really do anything anymore. Uh, I still think that cards like unlicensed hearse are pretty. Like, if if you have it in your amulet cyborg, you can still have them do something good because uh, always the card that you're the most concerned about is unholy heat. So right. keeping being able to keep Heat in check for free, basically, it's a really big deal. Um, but Endurance stock has go da- gone down significantly versus murktide, which is obviously a problem when your entire cyber plan sort of, you know, hinged on that, on <laughs> the right. fact that, you know, you, you you were able to play uncounterable, uh, uncounterable uh, Endurances. that
1: could... It's so wild to me how much that changes it. You know, like that card... It's not that it's bad against them now. Like endurance is not bad against Murktide. You still, you know, make a Murktide harder to cast. You still make Unholy Heat harder to turn on. But it just it feels like it's tweaked a lot of dynamics in the meta just enough where it's like, oh, now you know, now I've just I've gained percentages here for what feels like no reason, and it, it, it's it's messed up.
0: Yeah, the card's good for many reasons. Ninthly, we get we get uh, Murfolk, which is I find hilarious wild. Yeah, very, very wild. This deck is also played for subtlety, for force of negation, so we can call this deck 2 for 1 myself, Merfolk, I guess?
1: I mean, I guess. I mean, you still, like, I think the idea, and maybe this doesn't work, I don't know, they got ninth place, so it worked to some degree, uh, <laughs> is that you're you're redrawing a little bit with your, like, Silver Gill adepts and your Silvayune, I think, like, is just the best Merfolk printed in a very long time, um, so I, I think that that's the idea. I will say I've, I actually have lost to this deck a couple times and it, it often feels like it's like, Oh, I just like stumbled or something and then they got there. But it it's, it's weird to me because I, I'll play against this and I have like game one where they like flood the board with merfolk and then post board, they just like, have counter magic and they just like just don't play threats it's just mono blue control and i'm like what the heck like i have an ee for your two drops and then i like beat the control plan and then we go to game three and they're like merfolk 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 MoFruk. and i'm like but i brought in mystical dispute you know it's 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 a bit weird
0: this is court by the way who uh, is very good like he modo grinder for sure so they know what's up so if if somebody is gonna do well with Merfolk, I would imagine it's somebody that knows what they're doing, um, and they know how to pivot and like that stuff that you're talking about. But it always it, it's always funny to me how Merfolks randomly show up here and there. Yeah, four Tide Shaper and Spreading Seas seems to be like a pretty solid uh, plan, to be honest, in terms of in terms of uh, the, dis- the disruption package, right? Also only a singleton Cavern of Souls, which I find surprising on one hand, but on the other hand it makes sense because they're playing two counterspells to Kira in the sideboard. So you kind of need those blue sources. Like you just Yeah,
1: you can't play Counterspell if you're trying to play Cavern of Souls. And I I don't know. I don't really understand that. Like if you're not doing the whole Cavern of Soul creature thing, then I, I sort of don't understand the allure. Like, isn't that like aether vial plus camera souls versus counterspells isn't that one of the biggest allures to creature decks period so I, I don't know
0: yeah that's 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 what surprises me but you know it worked it worked here at least uh, happy sandwich with a uh, blue white hammer uh, this one going a little bit more in a different direction right like this one has kaldra which we did not see in the in the uh, crusher bot deck list we also have Reality Cheap, which I have heard people saying it's a scam and some other people swear by it, so I don't even know what to believe anymore. <laughs> uh, giver of Runes uh, in the main deck as two copies, which I think it's solid. Like, I always, I'm scared when my Hammer opponent goes turn one Giver of Runes, like, that's the single thing I'm the most, I'm the most scared of, really. <laughs> uh, and then uh, two Blacksmiths, Blacksmith's Skill, which is backbreaking <laughs> i hate
1: this yeah. card <laughs> every every time i get blacksmith skilled or spell pierce it's like well i sure hope they don't have it and every time they have it is oh i lost game over <laughs> every single time man
0: uh yeah uh, so sideboard uh, pretty interesting like the lavini has kind of become a staple in this kind of deck in in the sideboard which makes sense against all of the uh, elementals decks against all of the uh, you know, and, and we, we talked about this in the past, uh, by the way, where Lavinia is good against the Pitch Elementals the same way that Void, Void Mirror is good against the Pitch Elementals. And what that is, is it's good against them if you're plying, planning to end the game by turn three or turn four. If you're not planning to do that, then you should not bring those cards in. But that camera is exactly a deck that's trying to do that.
1: <laughs> it's a perfect place for it.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the few ways of stopping it is by, you know, pitching to a solitude and killing it. So it, it makes a lot of sense to me there, if, if I'm being honest. Uh, but yeah, Sanctifier and Vec, fantastic cyber card as well, the Fairy, copies of Mana Leak in the sideboard. The, the usual suspects that we see in, in in this sort of deck. And then the rest of the this, the top 16 includes um, some more Yacht Moth, uh, some Jund, not playing saga which makes sense i feel like if you're playing john you should not be playing saga <laughs> so uh, that's that, that's cool more hammer as well more hammer as well and more hammer as well so uh, you, you see where this is going right a lot of hammer yes and going on to the sunday <laughs> challenge crusher got first place with hammer
1: first and second that's wild that that's like that's very impressive. I still, like, am maybe not the biggest fan of the list, but, like, the man's got talent, obviously.
0: Yeah, and he knows what he's about, and he, he like, it works for him, obviously. Like, it, it's not a fluke, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you literally get second and first in back-to-back days, like, clearly you know what you're doing. Second place, we have Merc This is, like, the stock list, so not too much to, to say there. Third place, we have Blue White Hammer. You see where this is going? (laughs) Do you get Uh an idea? Yeah. Fourth place. Merc Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Fifth place. What do you think I'm going to say now?
1: You're going to say Yellow Hat, but also (laughs) Merc
0: Exactly. There we go. Uh, This is like Gab just being Gab. One DRC. One single-to-copy of DRC, of course. One single-to-copy of Snapcaster Mage. One single-to-copy of Serum Visions.
1: He he made the deck his. It's Dude. You know, add the snow covered mountain. It's your deck, you know.
0: Like <laughs> Gav Gav loves his one offs. They serve him, serve him well over the years. So <laughs> no no complaints here. Just more Merkite. Sixth place Sodek. It's been a while since uh, since I remember saying Sodek's name in a in a challenge. Yeah. Glad to see he's still at it, and he got there with Livinant here. Classic, uh, classic Sodic strategy for sure. With main deck subtleties, there you go, dude.
1: Okay, his main deck is immaculate. Like I really like his main deck, but I look at his sideboard and I'm like, I don't like. Clearly, he has exact plans. They are perfectly mapped out. But I'm staring at it and I'm like, how did you arrive at these numbers? Like we we have two leyline of the void, but three leyline of sanctity. We've finished out the third and fourth subtlety. There are two Foundation Breakers and two Force of Vigors. We have two Dead Gons, a Singleton Mystical Dispute, and the fourth Living End. Like, I I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Sodek is a master. I'm sure Sodek understands. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: We should ask Sodek about it. Because <laughs> we're not going to figure out.
1: Just to add, I, it's not that I think that any of these cards are necessarily bad. Like, I, the only one that looks particularly suspicious in uh, Living End Me is dead gone. But, you know, uh, these are all cards we regularly see. It's just fascinating to see a master in action where it's like, you know, yes, this weekend is a Singleton Mystical Dispute weekend. And
0: Living End My Cyborg weekend is, is the best weekend. We know that.
1: That's for sure. <laughs>
0: seventh place. And this is a cool one that we have not seen in a long time, really. Enchantress.
1: What? Enchantress, yes. Legacy now? I don't understand. What what happened?
0: Yeah, apparently commune with spirits was all that Enchantress needed to make a to make a top eight in the Sunday challenge. There you go. That's
1: exactly a two of. Yeah, exactly.
0: It needed two commune with spirits and two prismatic endings in the deck to to fix all of its problems. (laughs) No, and you know you know let's be serious for a second. Or as serious as we can be talking about Enchantress. This deck is just a Blood Moon deck, right? That's really what I'm seeing. <laughs>
1: As a two-of?
0: I mean, you tutor for it, right?
1: I guess, but why... Why Can we just not play more? Like, can I, I want to do, like, turn one uh, uh, Utopia Sprawl, turn two Blood Moon. G- give me more Blood Moon.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels like the best thing it's got going for it, but maybe we're setting short Solitary Confinement.
1: I mean, yeah, you're just... You're trying to do, like... Sterling Grove solitary confinement. It it's so funny to me because all of so many of these cards came out with MH2, right? Like you you couldn't do this before. But at the same time MH2 is like, "Hey, here's Prismatic ending." And it it just like right at the same time it's like, "Oh, you wanted to do this? No."
0: Yeah, uh, and counterspell for that matter, like right. it's a deck that it's a deck that wants to tap out to play three drops, right? And you cannot win without them. That's not a particularly great strategy against <laughs> against Counterspell.
1: I do really, really like seeing Flame Blitz in the side. Like the, the, this card, it, when you are trying to play Planeswalkers, it's messed up. I, I was trying to play, I, I played a matchup against against this deck a long time ago when I was playing my five color Archon creativity deck. You know, basically you're super friends over there. You got Ren and Six and Teferi and Jace and all this stuff. And my opponent just was like, here's a Flame Blitz. And I went. Uh, uh. Read card,
0: stare at card, read card again, stare at opponent's face, yeah, scoop exactly. cards. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Is that how that works? For those that you don't know, which you may not know, Flame Blitz is an uncommon from MH2 that says at the beginning of your end step, Flame Blitz deals five damage to each Planeswalker, and then you can cycle it for two mana. Yeah. Blast it not again is the is the flavor text. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but yeah. It's a it's a narrow cyber card. Really narrow cyber card, but I guess that it's a very good answer to like your your Teferis and your Renesexes, huh?
1: I I think the idea, you know, maybe they you can't really arc on them properly with the solitary confinement, and then they just flame blitz. So you don't have a backup plan. I think that's what's going on. I would still happily play creativity against this deck. I would run it back over and over because you have a thousand answers to every type of permanent. But, you know, whatever.
0: Full lane of sanctity to, to stop your icon your triggers too. Oof, love it.
1: <laughs> Ready to go.
0: I, I really I really wanted this deck to be a thing. So w- whenever it just randomly shows up in a top eight or whatever, I, I, I smile a little bit inside. I really like this deck in Legacy, and I really want it to be a thing in Modern.
1: Hopefully, it is. It's not really a deck in Legacy anymore, either. So <laughs> It
0: used to be, okay? It used to
1: be. You're just getting Delvered in both formats. You're like, oh, I, I don't want to play against Delver. You go to Modern. Turn one Ragavan. Oh, so much better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Whoopsies. <laughs> also wrong format. Yo, four on thin ice, that's how you get rid of Ragavan. Just so you know. Eighth place. What do you think I'm going to say now?
1: (laughs) Are we back to Hammer time?
0: (laughs) Yes, it's back to Hammer time, baby. Uh, Really fantastic weekend for for Hammer, this past one. Uh, This is spicy, spicy Hammer, though. This is far and away the spiciest Hammer list of the entire weekend. And two main deck or Forge Tender, one gingerbread of course, one Spellskite main deck, of course, three Blacksmith Skill, and in the main deck, one culture complete, one nettle cyst, one sword of fire and ice, and one sword of war and peace. Oh
1: my goodness. Yep. That takes me back, man. I used to put this thing on like Geists back in that standard time. Like, Sword of War and Peace is hot. I I don't know why we're playing it, but
0: who did War and Peace in the mirror match? So they can only block you with uh, you know, like Thopters and, <laughs> and, and
1: spell and ginger brutes and ornithopters and carnstrucks and yeah.
0: I guess I guess it's not for the mirror, huh? I think um, it's
1: but- <laughs> for four color, like they can't bolt or prismatic, or fury, or solitude, but I imagine. Yeah, I imagine that's why. But you gotta get this thing on your thing, and they can still prismatic your sword. I I don't I don't know.
0: I mean you can see Garth's, right? So instant speed, baby.
1: I, I guess so. <laughs>
0: What I like is that we're splitting one horizon canopy, one silent clearing, and one sunbait canyon. You know, yep. Frisky Frasca knows what's up. <laughs> Nettlesist Hushbringer, some some more good good cards in the cyber, of course, because you know when a when a two Nettlesist matchup
1: happens, right? Well, hey, at least at least it's not mana tied for every matchup, all right? That's fair. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Ninth place. What do you think I'm gonna say?
1: <laughs> okay, all right, we we get it. Yes. We get yeah,
0: it. We, we we're done here. But yeah, like ninth, eleventh, twelfth place, all of these are have the same result. Like right? all of these are X and twos, right? So lot lots of-, of X and twos gamers in in playing playing Hammer Time. So Hammer Time really a uh, truly fantastic weekend, honestly. So what does that mean for the showcase this come this weekend coming up?
1: I actually would not put much stock in it at all. <laughs> um, I think that maybe you'll have a couple people, you know, your, your crusher bots of the world are going to be playing Hammer regardless, right? Like they're, they're just doing that period. Um, your happy sandwiches, likewise. But, you know, some other people who are like, oh, I'm going to pray on Merc Died. I, I, I feel like the challenge meta is a bit different than something like a Showcase. I feel like Showcase is going to show up and people are still just going to be like, "All right, I want to play four color. I want to play living in." And then, I yes, I do think that there will be some Merktide, and I do think that there will be some Grixis Death Shadow, but I feel like it will not be a as over overrepresented as you might otherwise see in MPGO with blue red Merktide. That that's my take. I, I don't, you know, I feel like there's not a lot new things going on here. You can try to meta game with your belchers of the world, but then you're just going to play against the Merc Tied half of the meta. and it, 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 These events are, are very difficult to just like slam a deck and, and really know what's going to happen, uh, particularly because they're very large tournaments. So while a deck like Belcher might be fantastic in the winner's metagame, you have to get there.
0: Yeah, I feel like it requires you to, you know, <laughs> get a little bit lucky and get paired against those decks on the way there, but then you're getting those decks out of the way, so...
1: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's awkward. <laughs> it's a really weird place to be in. I, I've i done a lot of this where, you know, like, playing the deck that was, like, only good against the upper echelon and then, like, really bad against everything in between. I, this is what I did with Taxes for a very long time, where I was like, all right, you know, like, I I, I remember GPs where I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta dodge... Jund and Rock. And I'm like, hello? I'm trying to dodge Jund at a GP? What am I doing?
0: <laughs> Man, remember when Jund was popular?
1: Ever? I, yep. yep. <laughs> you know, I, I, for what it's w- worth, it wasn't old? good. It wasn't good then either, alright? No, it was not.
0: <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, w- we're really old, though. Okay, so, this weekend then. What you're saying is very, very true in terms of you have to expect the good decks to show up because the people that do not play the challenges, you know, they're the really competitive gamers that will play, you know, like uh, on the on the prelims in order to get the points for the showcases, uh, they don't necessarily play in the challenges. So the challenges being open means that you have random people, just like straight up random people playing in, in those events, uh, which kind of lowers the level the showcases are not so much like that because the people that play for fun they either don't have enough QP's to play the, to play the showcases or they don't care enough to play the showcases um uh, so usually what you see in the showcases are just the best players in mtgo period straight up
1: you'll you'll see some randos you know they'll, they'll be in there you you get some of them but yeah, I don't know. I, I've played these. I'm, events I'm talking percentage-wise.
0: Obviously, you you you'll get them.
1: You, you scroll through these things, and it's like every other player is like, "Wow, I don't want to play against them." Oh, wow, I don't want to play against them. And it, it's it, like it's every th- these things get so insanely stacked. If you're trying to qualify for something by winning a moto event, it like, and I'm telling you this from hard-earned experience. It is not the way. I'm I promise you it is like it it's great when you do it, it's fantastic. You feel like you're king of the world. These things are very 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 competitive. They are they're cutthroat to the max.
0: Definitely much harder than a GP, I would say.
1: I'll be spewing <laughs> uh some some tickets in this event. Uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean it's it's free if you have the Q piece. Even I have the Q piece. Man, oh, I've okay. been playing I've been playing very very little lately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I need a couple more QPs, but I'm I'm very close to there, so I'm I'm almost certainly going to be doing it. Um, I was considering, actually, I was looking at Grixis Death Shadow. I kind of uh, uh, hinted at this earlier, saying that I think it's better against the rest of the field than Merc Died. Um That's probably the deck I should play, but I was also thinking about playing Rhinos. Um, I feel like I kind of maybe bought some of the Copium the other week when Rhinos was all of a sudden back and Max Magic was like, yeah, Rhinos has never gone anywhere. And I'm like, but but has it though? And I mean, it is, you know, I, I lost at that RCQ with Shadow against Rhinos. And I the entire time I was like, man, this matchup feels great. And then I lost anyway. So take that as you will. <laughs>
0: uh, Rhinos is just... The best Jund ever, to to put it somehow, I guess. <laughs> it's like what Jund has always wished it was.
1: <laughs> it, you're actually doing your thing consistently. And I, I feel like that is a very good spot to be for tournaments like this, where you're just like very reliably like, all right, I'm putting 8 to 10 power into play on turn three. Is it going to win? Like that? that's just, that is what the deck does. It is good at it. I feel like something like Living End, you play Living End, and there's a lot more questions that can get involved. Not like Living End is extremely powerful, but you know, sometimes your opponent's just like, hey, turn one, Relic. And you're like, why? And they're like, I don't know, I wanted to. So, you know, <laughs> the, 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 these things really do happen. And I, I feel like it's a little bit swingier. And yes, you can beat the hate, but I think uh, Merktide is a little bit, or sorry, um, Rhinos is a little bit more resilient. So th- those were the decks I was thinking about. You know, maybe I'll last minute somehow decide, oh, I'll actually play 4-color. I could play 4-color. I don't know why I don't want to, but I don't want to. There it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. So, if I were a reasonable human being, I think I would play either Shadow, as you mentioned. I think it's very good. I think that Shredder really... Turbo powered that deck. Like I feel like it's I feel like it's the best Shredder deck in terms of making use of the card ledger, ledger shredder. Whether it's better than Murktide or not, like that's that's a whole another argument. But I feel like it's a much better ledger shredder deck than than Murktide is. I'm probably not gonna do that because I'm not a reasonable human. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably I'll probably just like smash my face against the wall with Amulet, but I think I am on the Karn train once again. Wow. Why? The reason for this is number one. I feel like Colossus sucks. I said it. There it is. I said it. You can you can pinpoint to this time in the in the in the recording to say that yeah, Fran said that Colossus sucks. I feel like the card is a lot worse than people are making there to be funniest thing is like, I was the one that said that Colossus is better than people think it is. <laughs> when, <laughs> when the card was spoiled, everybody was giving me shit because I said that, you know, I wanted to talk about the card like back in, in, in the Titan talk days. Like I remember house and Jose giving me so much shit about me saying that the cultivator was actually doing something. Um, and now I feel like the tables have turned and I'm the one trying to tell everybody, yo, Colossus is not as good as you think it is. I feel like we're in a spot where it's just, if you ever finding your opening hand, it's basically a mulligan because you are not really going to have enough time to get there unless your hand is very specific. And a very specific Colossus hand looks like a bunch of bounce lands. I'm talking like three plus bounce lands one, maybe two Amulets, or one, maybe two asusas. Like, if you don't have all of those pieces together, by the time you cast Colossus, it's very unlikely that you will have any many remaining lands in hand. So at that point, you're just going to be play, paying seven mana for a 5-5. Five five, or if you get very, very lucky, you're going to be paying seven mana for, like, a 5-5 five five that draws, you know, a couple of cards, and then that's it. The yeah. problem is that everybody's ready for colossus. Murktide is playing main deck dress downs. The shadow decks are just, you know, killing you before you get there, or like Thoughts is in you, so you just never get to six mana. To seven mana, sorry. Um it's like everybody Like there's very few decks that care about Colossus, and by very few decks I mean specifically for color. Um and everybody else is just ready for it, unless their hand is non-functional. So I do feel like non-functional hands are not really going to happen at the showcase level. Like people are going to know how and when to mulligan. So even though Colossus is very very flashy when it does work out because it really is. Like you do remember the turns where Colossus net you like 30 mana with double amulet and like it drew eight cards and like found you like two dryads and like three primeval titans and kill your opponent straight up. But I do feel like those matches don't really happen anymore. I feel like modern is super, super lean right now. Like it's so much leaner and like cleaner and more brutal than it was uh, like four, five months ago. When was like uh, the it was Chris and Val, right? Like Chris and Val. Yeah. When was Chris and Val was spoiled like a year ago? At this point, like five years ago? Who knows? <laughs> but like a long time ago. And uh, modern has become a lot more um, just just brutal. Brutal is the word that I would that I would use. Like it's a lot cleaner and it's a lot more um, a lot less forgiving. Let's put it like that. Like you, you just cannot afford to have like this random seven drop that only does something under very specific scenarios. So I do expect to see some for colors. So I'm still going to be playing at least one copy of Colossus. Like it, it's just a fantastic um, target. Uh, for some respect it's an absolutely uh, great one-off but every copy past the first one i think it's actively hurting your win percentage if, if you're playing amulet there it is that's my speech
1: <laughs> this all makes sense to me i like every time i lose and my opponent casts that card i feel like i would have lost to anything anyway and it's uh-huh. just win more um and I, I I can't imagine you know you get into a super grindy game against four color and you're like all right I need to get that like super huge influx of cards I that makes sense to me there so th- this all yeah I don't know I I buy it what what does Karn get you though like what does that do for the meta?
0: What Karn does, which I really like, is uh, first of all it gives you like some as opposed to Colossus, which is you know like a a late game sort of card. What Karn does is it actually bridges you towards Titan. So it, it's a lot smoother on the curve. It obviously is not as impactful if it works, but again, what I'm saying is like it's just not gonna work with glosses as often as you want it to. So because of that, I feel like Karn is just the better card to be playing, period. And not only does it do no, just like the the, the gap bridging thing, which is which is nice and solid, but it also turns a, bu- a first of all it turns a bunch of your bad matchups into reasonable or actively good ones. A good example of this is Belcher. Yeah. Like you can maybe you you can basically never beat Belcher unless you turn 2. And that's not particularly likely to happen. Uh but you can semi reliably put a Karn on turn 2 into play. Like all you need is, you know, like you need the Karn obviously and you need uh, an amulet and an Azusa and your yeah. If you have a bounce line, you're just good to go. Uh, that's a turn two. And like that stops Belcher from killing you, straight up. They have maybe like a couple of Furies in the main deck, maybe. Um, but at that point, you cover the uh, the Belcher kill, and you also cover the um, Paramount's Ascension, because you can minus Karn to get Tormos Grip. Yeah. So you, you just you just win, like, straight up. There's nothing that Belcher can do at that point. Like, all you, all it takes is for you to play the Karn. Obviously, you can get Blood Moon. Like, it's still Belcher, right? Like, it still does Belcher things, but you get to do that. So you got that there. Against Living End, you can just Karn for Tormod Script, which is obviously very good. Uh, against Hammer, I probably don't need to specify why Karn is good against the artifact deck sure. that relies on equipping artifacts. Um, <laughs> so um, that's obviously very good. Um, and you, you have, like, a bunch of different matchups where Karn just sort of changes matchups around. And then what Karn does that's very nice is it just lines up well against the cybercars that people want to bring against you. So, you know, Voseiji was printed, so people are not really playing that much Blood Moon anymore. They're playing Mags of the Moon. Well, Karn doesn't care. Like, you just mine your Karn, you go get your boat and uh, Sky Sovereign kills the Magus straight up, nice and clean. Uh, your opponent plays Sashiok, same deal. Uh, your opponent's playing, I don't know, like actual Blood Moon. Okay, just play Car and you start minusing, you start blowing up your opponent's lands, like that's not something you can do. You can even uh, lock, lock out opponents with Ensnaring Bridge, if that's something that you're interested in doing. So it gives you a lot more options in Cyberlit games, which, or like, you know, game once even, it, it kind of like changes the dynamic of certain matchups in a way that I personally find very enticing. Like I, I like the options that it gives me in cyber games that I would otherwise not really
1: have access to. That makes sense to me. I mean, do you feel like it gives you more percentage points against the top decks? Like I think probably it's worse against Four Color than Cultivator would be, but against like Living End, um Merctide. You know these kind of matchups. You, you do think it's it's better
0: again specifically Tide and Shadow. I think it's worse, but I think I'd rather have explorers. Like what the cultivator lists do is they often play like three to four explorers. Right, that's where uh, that those are the card slots basically. So I don't care about the cultivator in those matchups either. I think the cultivator is really bad in those matchups. But the Explorer is very good. So you're missing out on that, and like you will do it game game one. Like you just you know if you just have the card and you just you, you'll just cast it and it's, it's likely just gonna get countered somehow. <laughs> uh, but uh, besides that, it is not particularly good. It's possible the game against those decks specifically, but against the rest of the field, I feel like it. Makes things better against the rest enough that I'm going to that I'm going to be excited about playing Karn this weekend.
1: Okay, yeah, that that's interesting. I mean, it's also fascinating to me that while it's worse game one, it improves your post board games against your Merktide, right? Like because you're not getting uh, Dress down, right? Like dress down is going to cover Titan and Cultivator regardless. Karn misses that, and it's uh, you don't need green mana to do it. So Blood Moon being worse yeah that's interesting
0: yeah certainly there's an argument for like keeping it i I tend to cut them against murktite and shadow specifically like i just cut them and i just bring in explosives and i bring in um just a boat as an answer to magus basically the the issue with those decks in particular is that you you don't have the time yeah like those those just just clock you so quickly that you don't get the luxury of spending four mana to Karn. And then spending like 5 mana to do something else. You just can't do that. You need to do something else on turn 4. Or like turn 3 or turn 4. And then like play the Sky Sovereign to kill the Magus. Like you can't just... You just don't have the time. Like they, they just clock you too quickly. So that's that's the problem that it has. Uh, but again, I think that the upsides outweigh the downsides. I still need to, you know, ask my wife if, if I, we're going to be able to figure out the logistics so I can play this weekend. But if I am, I'm going to be playing some Karn amulet uh, stuff all
1: right well we'll we'll have to report back to everyone how our showcase went hopefully we'll be talking to you about how we battled it out in the top 8 but i doubt it uh... yeah
0: i i I, be, I beat spider
1: in semis <laughs> oh oh i don't yeah, know that's, about that that's I, what I don't i don't think I like <laughs> that
0: <laughs> that's what happens spoilers don't don't listen to this you know okay okay
1: all right we <laughs> Now, now I'm gonna be out here. Like, all right, every sideboard card is for uh, is for amulet. Just like
0: four two Blood subtleties. Moon. Two, two Blood yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. It's just 15 cards with Fran's name on it.
0: Just play mill, dude. You're gonna be. It's gonna be easier. <laughs> just play mill, and you'll be fine. Card better against mill. By the way, just saying. Fran's ready. All right, man. So where can we can people find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me streaming on Twitch at Spiderspace. I recently was doing the Shredderator things before that. I was doing Urzalark things. I've been the, the, the brew itch is back, so while I am not brave enough to play it in a showcase, you, you may see me doing a challenge or a prelim or just messing around. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Spiderspace MTG.:
0: Beautiful. You can find me on Twitch uh, about once a week these days at uh, twitch.tv slash That's F Fpavlush. And where you can find me multiple times a week is on YouTube, uh, which is YouTube uh, slash uh, F MTG. And you can also find me rarely these days on Twitter, but I'm still hanging out there and Spider doesn't tag me whenever he talks about me, so <laughs> that also happens. Uh, and then on Patreon at MTG as well. This has been Mistress Babble. Thank you so much for listening to us, Babble, for an hour and a half. Hopefully, you, we're going to have a fantastic rest of your day, because you can only get better from here. We'll see you later soon. Take care, and bye-bye.